0: All right, so, um, can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really
1: don't need to know? I heard the second shot is worse than the first.
2: Yeah, she said it feels like somebody, like a boxer just right in the arm. Like Charlie Horse. Wow. And she's like, the whole arm, she's like, I I, I don't even want to move it. She's like, I just stay in like this. This is why we need video. FYI, we're recording. We have (laughs) to. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> i catch some amazing shit
0: all <laughs> okay. right so here's yours
1: oh i just got a new one okay. i didn't know where oh, my you can use this one okay, okay.
0: all righty so welcome to the show this is tell me something i didn't need to know
1: uh we're joined by a guest wait a today. minute
0: we gotta introduce ourselves first we're more important
1: i'm excited we're always here which is why he should be more important oh Yes. No. Yes.
0: No. Yes. No. I like her idea. (laughs) (laughs) So we are joined today by a guest um, who is also a listener. So for those of you listeners who want to join the show, too bad. (laughs) Wow. You can always put in a request and we will ignore you.
1: Andrew Andrew gave him a dollar. (laughs) So he now listens.
2: Now I know I'm a VIP.
1: Right. He's anyway. just a
2: little, little pea.
0: Anyway.
1: <laughs> Welcome to uh, Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know.
0: With myself, Andrew. And Mary. I guess I'll be Andrew today.
1: You're going to be Andrew today? I
0: will be. Um, and Mary. You know, she already introduced herself, but because I'm important, um, I'm going to say everybody's name. And Josh. <laughs> Hello. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so a couple weeks ago, when I started in the introduction, I actually said, and this is, you know, you know, and, and I'm Andrew, and it was totally accidental. <laughs> and Andrew said, and I'm Larry. It just, he kind of went with it. It oh, was funny. Fun. Oh, my God. it was That
0: fun. way we were all not ourselves. There you yeah. go. And
1: it was totally accidental. <laughs> and not planned. But,
0: you know, because, well, because we grew up together, I really don't miss a beat. <laughs> <laughs> no, he
1: doesn't. That is fair. This is the show where we're going to fill your brain with information, watch it explode about shit that...
0: Well, we're personally not going to watch. Although, if your brain is about to explode, if you could at least take a video so Facebook I can and see it.
1: Send it to us. That would be wonderful. We'll yes. talk about it.
0: I would love to see exploding brains. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> from listening shit. to my show. Right. TikTok right, that yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's the hashtag. TikTok that shit. These guys are so dumb. Please leave us a rating and a review. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the dumber the better.
0: Thank you. Exactly. Uh, so, thank you, everybody. For listening, and uh, hopefully someday watching, if my mom can ever get over the whole uh, phobia.
1: It means I have to do my hair or something, or put a hat no, on. No, it doesn't. Exactly, hat.
2: I'm balding, so I just throw a hat on. No one knows. Exactly.
1: Norm- normally, I'm in my pajamas.
2: And I'm ugly oh, all yeah.
0: the time. It doesn't matter whether I'm on screen or not. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll drink to that. <laughs> So before we start,
0: we all have national days. And we will start with National Infertility Day. Now I know that I make jokes about absolutely everything, and this is a very serious subject.
1: What's a joke?
0: So I <laughs> am going to blow your guys' mind. This is a day it to falls be Oh, cool it. This day falls on the Sunday before Mother's Day every year. And uh, it is for those to remember, it is a national day to remember those struggling with infertility. People who can't have babies.
1: So you are going to stick to a serious subject?
0: People who cannot mail their children.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This day was
0: actually, when they were thinking about this day and making it a day, was intentionally made before Mother's Day to put first to those people who cannot be mothers. Oh, okay. Uh, of their own volition. I mean, I guess adoption yeah. is, is technically of your own volition most yep. of the time, I think.
1: You know, unless somebody
0: mails their kid to you, and then you're like, oh shit, well, what am I going to do with this? Return. No mailing ad- address. Or no return address. You know,
1: you stamp That's the it, way to do it. You stamp you know? it with deceased, return to center. There you go. And hopefully he <laughs> re- gets <kiss> it before <laughs>
0: Does you. not live here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Moves. You might want to feed it and water it before you set it, put it back in the mailbox.
0: I wouldn't. Um, so, it's just a day to remember those who can't have their own kids. And uh, I guess feel bad for them. <laughs> I've got nothing. I've got no jokes to make about this one. That's
1: because you picked us in. one. Infertility
0: Survival Day. So, maybe your parents were infertile.
1: And you survived anyway? And
0: somehow, they got pregnant, and you
2: survived anyway. See, it was the mailman. That's, that was
1: the trip. The mailman. He yeah. actually did bring you. Yeah.
2: In more, in more ways than <laughs> one. He brought the package. Oh, yes.
0: Anyway. Right. So that's what I've got. I've got National Infertility Survival Day. All so right. So for those of you who can't have kids, I am sorry. Uh, they are a treasure most of the time, sometimes, every once in a while. Otherwise, they're Don't. just a headache, and you should probably...
1: Don't bury them like treasure. <laughs>
0: I don't typically bury treasure either. I'm not a pirate, but thanks. <laughs> it's
1: fine. Leave them fine. air
0: holes. It's fine. Oh. Not if you're burying them. Well, give them a snorkel. They'll <laughs> be all right.
1: Because that's not suspicious. No. The snorkel hanging out of the ground. No. That's my
0: snorkel tree. Yeah. I've been growing it for about five years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're going to check your yard out when we come over.
0: <laughs> that explains a little bit. For all the neighbor's dogs. That's, the that's where no, the third child is. No, there are jokes there, but I'm not going to make them for you know, his sake.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of- we were going
0: to go throw his ring off the pier, but I felt like, you know, that was an intimate moment with himself, which I try not to.
1: You try not to intrude on his intimate self moments?
0: I do, but I fail. Only in the, the bedroom. Time. Bastard. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hair. It gets me every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's my national day.
1: All right. Um, I did a month. I did Get Caught Reading Month, which I love reading, so it's kind of important to me. I got
0: caught something, uh, but it wasn't reading.
1: <laughs> we don't very have a day month. for that. <laughs> National No Pants Day. <laughs> uh, so I tried,
2: okay?
0: There is no National No Pants Day, and it makes me very sad.
1: If there's a No Pants on the subway day, though. Yeah, but that's not the same thing. I know, but they canceled it for 2020. Remember I know, when?
0: that's dumb. That is dumb. You can wear a mask and not wear pants at the same time. It's bullshit.
2: <laughs> you could wear a mask. You know, where it's a <laughs> down there. <it'd> be fine. <laughs> the old banana sling down there. You know, be fine. I was gonna say a
1: jockstrap. You, you buy what? Two
0: of them. It's an improvised one for free- each ball. It's an improvised jockstrap. <laughs> Anyway, get caught reading once. Let's learn about (laughs) that.
1: There's no better challenge than to get caught reading. Um, Not
0: really. You sit on your front porch with a book.
1: You tuck magazines in your bag. That way you always have it wherever you go. You can keep books for all ages. Not those magazines, Josh. Books for all ages, you can keep them in your car so everybody will have something to read. I've got you something
0: everybody can, Ricky. It's not un- a matter of whether or not they can. It's whether or not they should.
1: You can <laughs> unplug your digital for the month and actually pick up a reading.
0: Do a they make book? pornos in Braille?
1: That's another episode. <laughs> yeah.
0: Tune in next time. <laughs> well, we're going nowhere. This episode's
2: over. Yeah. Goodbye, folks. In <laughs> a research segment.
1: So read to your children. Get them interested in reading. I read um, them on every day. It's important. It is. It, as a child, that's that was my escape.
0: Yeah, me too. I read yeah. to my Love children books. every day too. They just haven't been born yet.
1: That's okay. Yeah. They can still hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Not <So>. that child. <laughs> <laughs> Josh stop looking there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he looks down. Like, like, are you <laughs> like reading to your books? <laughs> <are> you like, <laughs> yes. What is, is exactly exciting what them. I'm saying? Give it a little pep talk.
1: <laughs> you can do this. <laughs> Anyway, get
2: caught reading month. I'm done. All right. And the guest has um, National Life Insurance Day, which is designated as the second day of May each year. Um, This day marks the anniversary of the first day life insurance became available in the U.S. It was back in the late 1760s. Um, And from what I can understand, it was basically started as a charter charter. In uh, Philadelphia, and New York City, around the same time, for the relief of poor and distressed widows and children of Presbyterian ministers. And that was literally it. Those are the ones that were eligible for the life insurance policies were specifically widows and children
1: of Presbyterian
2: ministers. So screw, so ministers. screw else? the men. Yep. You're SOL.
1: No Catholics, no Baptists, and screw the men.
0: Yes. Huh, wait a minute. I have no sex jokes. I really
2: don't. You had one job. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I'm full of one liners.
0: All right. <laughs> Mom. You almost
1: spit her shit out of
0: laptop. Yes, I did. That almost would have been fit great. Yeah, oh, I've been trying.
1: All right. So we have a couple tidbits from listeners. Ooh. Okay. This one is from Larry. Uh, He sent us this tidbit. A fishing boat has reappeared on the shores of Japan almost a decade after it was swept out into the Pacific. Thanks,
0: Larry. That was a great tidbit.
1: It traveled as (laughs) possibly as far as the west coast of the United States. And it was swept out by a huge tsunami that killed thousands of people and actually triggered a nuclear disaster over there. So the tiny boat was found off Hashiho Island nine years and nine months after it disappeared into the ocean. The March 2011 tsunami triggered by a magnitude 9.0 earthquake killed
0: more
1: more than 18,000 people and destroyed a large swath of the coastline. A local fishing cooperative confirmed that this fiberglass boat had once belonged to the fishing fleet and they used the registration number. Um, Many items of debris made the long journey across the Pacific after the tsunami whose height and power contributed to the reactor meltdown at the nuclear power plant. So in April of 2012, a couple living on Middleton Island in the Gulf of Alaska found a soccer ball whose markings identified it as belonging to a school that was in that area. I'm not sure what the the school town name is. It's like Iwaiti or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And in May of 2012, a Harley-Davidson that was lost in the tsunami actually washed up on a Canadian island. About 6,400 kilometers away. The rusty motorcycle was found in a large white container and its owner was identified through the license plate.
0: So, my first question was because it washed up on Canada, did they try to return it? And the answer is yes. Yes. Wow. Because they're so damn polite.
1: Canadians are polite.
0: Yeah, they are. Hey, look, a rusty motorcycle. We should probably get that back to who it belongs to, eh? (laughs) Right.
1: They probably put fresh gas in it and everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, rusty, we should buffer
2: up a little bit, don't you think? Probably. Don't you? Yeah. Don't you think? Don't you know? <laughs> yeah. I've always thought like ghost ships was a really cool thing. Like I, I've read a lot of stories about different ghost ships yeah. that people have found. Like, yeah. Oh, this appears to have been out here for years, and there's mm-hmm. no one been, out, you know, and people yeah. thought and it and was it's sinking, still floating and it's still yep. there. You're like, wow.
1: yeah. Ghost ships are amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that it, it would be really cool. Yeah, it
1: would. All right. So the second little twi- tidbit comes from Tanya. The Guinness World Record for the most children born to one person, one mother, <sighs> goes to Valentina Besilev, the wife of a Russian peasant. She birthed 69 babies.
0: Bowchikabowow. She lived to be 76, and between 1725
1: and 1765, she had 69 children. So 40 years, she had 69 children. She birthed 16 pairs of twins.
0: Okay. I was going to say, saying, yeah, I was the like, math oh. doesn't seem to add up. <laughs> no. But then I was like,
1: hey, eh, multiple children. Go on. Seven sets of triplets. <gasps> Holy shit. Four sets of quadruplets.
2: <laughs> okay, that makes a lot worse. Four
0: sets of quadruplets. That just seems coincidental.
1: <laughs> 67 of the babies survived <clears throat> with the loss of one set of twins. She was the first wife of this guy.
0: The f- first.
1: <laughs> he got remarried.
0: Why? She didn't pop out enough?
1: Second wife had 18 children.
0: Holy crap. She At had, some point,
1: the, the
0: you said this was Russia. Yeah. I think they, the government should have stepped in and chopped it off.
1: uh his second wife had 18 children. Six sets of twins, two sets of triplets. Which tells me that it ran in his side of the family. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I saw a picture of the whole family. It was like it was like your own community. Right. Like your own town. Community. Nope. That's just that's just uh. That's the siblings. Yeah, that's, they're, all, they're yeah. all. like, What? So thank you, Tanya, for
0: that one. I'm having a hard enough coming. Hard, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I am having a hard enough time coming up with one name. I can't imagine coming
1: <laughs> oh up with gosh.
2: sixty-seven. Yeah. I yeah. don't
1: think you give them names. I think at that point in time you just, you just number, number them. them. You just number them.
2: The, uh, if any of them were identical, you are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> if all of them are identical, that would be cool. <laughs>
0: 69 of the same person.
1: That like would George be awesome. you Go, you know, George number one, George number two. Right. Number 82. Imagine yes.
2: trying to get with your kid, you're, you know, your kid's in trouble and you're it's going to take you a minute just to remember their name and by then they ran off and you're like, well. A minute?
1: With that many children? A minute? How long does it Could take? Could you imagine you taking, taking them to the park? You have, you have two children. Right. How long when you're pissed off does it take you to remember the name?
2: Half a second.
1: Wow, you are good.
2: I didn't, I it's always the right name but I'll, I'll <laughs> shout one out. <laughs> Then I'm like, wait, you know what I meant.
1: Quit
2: then looking at me like that.
1: Stop laughing. Yeah, right? Because now you're even madder. Yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. I can't even imagine 69 children. Yeah.
2: And then 18 more.
1: Yeah. Like, does he not know what causes that? Right. Yeah, 60, yeah, and, yeah, and only two of them passed away.
0: So by the time you're done having kids, That's your a hell first kid is like
2: 50-something years That's old. Of- do, they have, do
1: they have child support in Russia?
2: Because yeah. I wonder if that was like...
1: That's a hell of a tax exemption, right there. Yeah, I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> For that tax, tax exemption, adoption? dude. 60... The
0: government's paying you. Yeah. Like, there is
2: no. Hey, you don't have to pay as much. <laughs> so I had a friend who lived when I when we lived in Wyoming. She had three kids. She lived in. I want to say it was like Texas, but she lived in like a gang community. Mm-hmm. Well, she managed to leave the gang community and escape through legal means. And they literally put her up in a beautiful, like, $1,500 apartment. She had to pay 100 bucks a month. Wow. All her food, Subsidized. all her all her utilities, everything was covered. And I'm like, e- even with three kids. And then she got paid thousands a year just for having the kids. Like, Damn. she didn't have to do anything. Wow. When she worked, it was all just fun money. I was like.
1: We're doing this all wrong. I know. I'm like, wow. I need to run away from home. Right?
2: You like, need to go live in a gang community. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently.
1: Can you, can you imagine trying to feed those? How do you cook for 69 children?
2: Because I guarantee 67. you, if you're in a Russia, you probably don't have a... A lot of potatoes. Yeah, that's fair. A lot of potatoes. Yeah, mashed potatoes every day. <laughs> you own a potato farm. <laughs> By the time the kid's four, they're making their own damn potatoes. I am not <laughs> about to cook that many potatoes. I'm going to teach them, and they're going to do it. No. This is an assembly hey. line <laughs> yeah. All day. Oh my god! All day. Every yeah. Can you imagine three three meals? No, no, no. I can't imagine. Can put them through school? Like, what if they're all in different sports? I'm Fuck that. willing to bet that. They <laughs> 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 Basketball, <laughs> hockey. Like, I don't even know what they. They play all hockey. They play L- all they have in rough it's
0: rough. Russia, so this isn't actually accurate. But could you imagine? All right. So the entire defensive line is my children. <laughs> the entire offensive line. It's my children the entire opposing team? Is my children?
2: <laughs> hey, Dad, you want to be the referee? No. I'm busy with the mom. I gotta, I gotta make more. We, we want to make a whole league. <laughs> That's what we're working on.
1: We need more teams. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> driving for the world record. I mean, at that point, it seems like he's trying. Like you gotta be trying so. at that point. Like I if had that had was just that. like, oh, it just happened, <laughs> like, dude.
1: I don't know if he was trying, but the records were actually held by a monastery. Like they kept the records of this family. That's how people know that they were accurate. So well, I just
0: want to say thank you, Tanya, for giving us such a uh, that was delightful,
1: neat. entertaining tidbit. That was very neat.
0: An yeah. interesting subject to yes. tear apart.
1: For sure. All right. <laughs> yes. So the subject that I'm going to cover today was actually brought up by somebody, and I kind of took it and ran with it. So kind of
0: like I do with everything. Yes. I'm the best at the so quarterback sneak. We're gonna start we're gonna
1: start off by talking about the chainsaw.
0: Ooh. Are
1: you aware of the history of the chainsaw? Nope. Do you know why they invented the chainsaw?
2: Because people were getting on their nerves. I imagined it was just to cut down trees.
1: Well, not exactly, Josh. Ooh. Not I'm exactly. Like There's always a price to be paid for innovation, and usually that amounts to some sleepless nights and a lot of trial and error, but
0: sometimes it means your hand.
1: Sometimes it means attempting to deliver babies with a chainsaw. <laughs> you are the on a kick
0: video.
2: right now, aren't you? This is
1: where we need the video. You're right. Yes. Josh's cool. face was like, holy shit, I did not see that coming. Nope.
2: Well, That was I not mean, on my spectrum. N-
0: no, no, <laughs> no. Because, I mean, even a C-section, that's where it comes from. It's a chainsaw section.
1: <laughs> that's where you go into <sighs> You figure it out.
0: You should be a doctor. <laughs> I, who says I'm not?
2: All right, Cheryl. <laughs> Suck it in. <laughs>
0: you know, they call, they call me doctor. Feel good. <laughs> I am a doctor.
1: All right. So before the common use of the cesarean section, all babies did have to pass a through a the minute. first canal. No, no, no. We what? just
0: decided it's called the chainsaw section. <laughs> the chainsaw section.
1: <laughs> but as we know, babies can become obstructed in the... Birth <coughs>
0: so what do we do? We chop the mother open with a chainsaw and just remove the baby slowly and easily.
1: When babies couldn't fit through or they got stuck in the pelvis, parts of the bone in the cartilage were removed to create more space for the baby.
0: With the chainsaw.
1: This is called a symphys... Sym- I had this word. I <laughs> practiced this word. <laughs> Symphysiotomy. Yes, so now you learn a new word too. I'm not going to remember the that. The procedure was originally performed by hand using a small knife and a saw to remove the bone.
0: Oh, this does not sound like a chainsaw.
1: Does not sound pleasant for the woman.
0: This was done
1: like without it. anesthesia.
0: Times were different back then, simpler back then. It's okay to mutilate the woman as long as the baby
1: survives. Took a long time. It was messy and obviously painful. Yeah, that uh,
0: doesn't sound painful at all. So, in
1: 1780, two Scottish doctors by the names of John Aitken and James Jeffrey invented the chainsaw. To make the removal of pelvic bone easier and less time-consuming during childbirth.
0: Imagine being that mother giving birth. All right, ma'am, there's complication. <laughs>
1: it was powered by a hand crank. A
2: hand crank? Nope, there wasn't even a, there was a...
1: Literally, I have I saw pictures. It's like a beater. It is. It's like a chainsaw with a hand beater. <laughs> Look, <laughs> look like a modern day. It just seems worse looked like a modern day kitchen knife with little teeth on a chain that wound in an oval, so while this sounds ghastly, the doctors were actually trying to lessen the agony that was endured by women who needed their pelvic bones separated. The knife took a long time while the new device would cut through bone and tissue more quickly. How did they test this? I don't know. <laughs>
0: Curious, ma'am, can we please use this egg beater chainsaw?
1: I I don't think they asked when women didn't have those kind of rights. So if circumstances warranted, the doctor would grab the saw, which had a handle on both ends, wrap the chain around the pelvic bone, pulling each handle. This was the first one before they put the hand crank on, so they kind of did this. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Hi-ho, (laughs) hi-ho. Anyway.
1: And then later, later, the device was outfitted with a hand crank. And thanks to this innovation, difficult bursts could be described as merely agonizing as opposed to extended torture.
0: Merely agonizing? Yes. Don't worry, it's only merely agonizing now.
1: So the chainsaw was soon used for other bone cutting operations and amputations in the surgical room. It then evolved into a woodworking tool when people noticed how quickly and easily it was to get through pretty much anything. It became larger, more powerful, and eventually grew to the monster that we know today. So, symphysiotomies are no longer performed, but they do sometimes still happen in third-world countries. Ooh. Yeah, which is kind of scary and sad. Yeah. But for all its disturbing history, at least the chainsaw actually proved to be useful, which is something that can't be said for all inventions that were created to aid in childbirths. In 1965, George and Charlotte Blonsky developed, patented a device that acted as a human turntable spinning so quickly to induce (laughs) the patient into delivering their baby via centrifugal force.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is the the doctor just running around the table with a glove? I'm gonna catch (laughs) it!
0: Imagine trying to give birth, and then not only are you giving birth, but now you're fucking dizzy. Can
1: you imagine? The other kids are
0: just well. There's kids. Your other children are in the room pushing it like a (laughs) merry-go-round.
1: Is it fun,
0: Mom?
2: There goes (laughs) Billy.
0: And that's where the merry-go-round was (laughs)
2: invented. The science was accurate. Mind blown.
1: You ready to move on? Ooh, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Josh did not see any of that coming. Woof, <laughs> right
2: over the head.
1: Let's talk about the taste-enhancing fork. What? This is actually a patented, patented fork. You can purchase it today. Taste-enhancing it exploits the relationship between taste and smell by releasing different aromas that enhance the flavors of your food. It has twenty one aromas that range from beans like coffee and peanut to herbs like mint and basil. To fork. To spices like cinnamon and ginger.
0: The, the fork
1: releases and things like smoke and butter. So basically it's a fork and it has a little thing and you put a little paper thing on there and then you place a drop of your desired aromatic oil. On the diffuser paper, has a built-in diffuser paper, and the scent will waft up to your nose just as the bits of food hit your tongue, convincing your brain to meld the two flavors together. Huh. So pairing a drop of chocolate with a mouthful of strawberry could intensify their taste.
0: I imagine, John. Oh, I
2: already have three. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: See, he's already ordered a set. Yes. Okay. He's lost one of them. (laughs) One for my snack. Oh. (laughs) the three time dinner forks are made from brushed stainless steel and they are dishwasher safe and for nine dollars and 95 cents you too can own a set of four forks 50 diffuser papers four droppers and a free multi-sensory evening program sounds an awful lot like
0: an ad mom is there any possibility we're getting sponsored by taste enhancing the flavor fork <laughs>
2: yeah. That's probably a better name. Pro- yeah, flavor fork. There you go. I just solved your marketing campaign.
1: Yeah, who, who the hell comes up with these ideas?
2: That would be ten dollars.
1: Like in my, in my
2: <laughs> mind, when I think about taste, I know a lot of your taste comes through your nose. That's why they say if you don't like something, plug your nose, and then you can't taste it. Right. Okay. So I get like if you bring a a fork and it has a scent, and that hits your nose as you're taking a bite, then you're gonna taste. Probably a lot stronger, whatever the scent was versus what you were Quite possibly.
1: Eating. See, you're making it sound sense. I was trying to make it sound stupid. Now you're trying to make it sound well, sense. And it, you're I, doing it.
2: When no. I heard it, I thought it was stupid. Then I was like, well, when I think about the opposite, trying to, like, eat something you don't like, it actually makes sense. Because it's kind of covering up what you're just this thing
1: makes sense. Thank you so much. we well, I moving mean, we're moving I have on. three
2: of
0: them. I got to, you know, I got to the company.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate-covered broccoli. Hey, if you don't like broccoli, you do anything you can. Drop it down. <laughs> so you tell your kids to eat it, and they're like, "Well, you don't eat it." And I'm like, "Well, stop watching when I eat." Yeah, I don't. <laughs> that was a dick move.
1: All right, let's move on to the baby cage.
2: <laughs> I'm interested. Josh is going to have
1: got two
0: of those. You're not talking about anything We're I not haven't babies. bought.
1: The baby cage was a bed in a wire cage suspended from a city apartment window. It actually sat outside the apartment, outside the apartment. I like where this is going.
0: (laughs) You won't stop crying.
1: (laughs) It was advertised as a health cage to provide babies with fresh air and sunshine. I was just
0: thinking that
1: while living in crowded cities. So, in the early 1900s, many open air schools were built as an attempt to combat the widespread rise of tuberculosis and the belief that open air and ventilation were key in fighting the epidemic inspired the creation of baby cages oh um so we've all heard of president roosevelt Mm -hmm. his wife wife used one of these oh can you
0: imagine just babies hanging outside the white house
1: (laughs)
2: yeah (laughs) or city streets yeah oh look there's a little jimmy's cage (laughs) Oh, he's been out there a while. He's tan. (laughs) (laughs) Mom had one too many mimosas and forgot him.
1: Might want to turn (laughs) him right.
2: Baste him. He's done. Little turkey thing. (laughs) He's (laughs) going to stick a turkey thing in his... Oh,
1: he's done. All right. In 1906, according to the recommendations of a doctor who insisted on the need of fresh air for babies, Eleanor Roosevelt...
0: You can't just walk your baby work and put him in a cage outside your window dangling 50 feet in the air.
2: And you know there's going to be some redneck ones where people couldn't afford the real ones. Like, we, we can, can make that. <laughs>
0: so they got these little half, half-assed ropes hanging. And <laughs> oh, shit, that's an alligator. Guess we're going to have to make another one, Ma.
2: <laughs> KJ and baby. <laughs> All right. Make them at the same time. It's a twofer. In 19- kind great. Of in
1: 1906, <laughs> according to the recommendations of a doctor who insisted on the need of fresh air for babies, Eleanor Roosevelt, who at that point in time was a 21-year-old mother living in New York, attached a wooden basket with a wire grid to the outside of her window... As a place for Anna, her first child, to nap.
0: The one we didn't hear about.
1: Mm-hmm. Even though Eleanor was following this, the doctor's advice to leave the baby's crying, the neighborhood, who was alerted by the crying of the child, threatened to report the mother to the New York Society for Prevention of Cruelty towards Children. Um, in Actually later all years. The kids were
0: afraid of heights back then. <clears throat>
1: In later years, after becoming the spouse of the 32nd President of the United States, Eleanor reported how she was shocked by the reaction of her neighbors, saying that she really thought she was just being a modern mother. Um, so in 1922, the baby cage was actually patented, which basically just suspended on an external edge of the window and put your baby inside.
0: Can you imagine being, well, not nowadays. And they actually,
1: like- they discontinued them because of traffic and pollution. Traffic. Okay.
0: Sorry, your baby's getting in the way of traffic. We're gonna to have to ask you to move. It. No. <laughs> it's like outla- outlawing strollers.
1: He's <laughs> <laughs> very visual in his head. I couldn't tell. Yeah,
2: I'm like, I'm just picturing like a street, and I'm like, just like looking up I- and just seeing rows of these little like bags with babies everywhere, just being like.
1: Yes, I saw pictures of them. They were basically like wire cages that you'd put your pet in and just...
0: That you would put your pet in?
1: They look like the wire cages you would use to kennel your dog now. That's kind of what they look like.
0: Hanging out the window. Hanging
1: out the window. That's yeah. So crazy. Yeah.
0: Nothing yeah. bad could ever
1: happen. <laughs> look how look it's a petting zoo. How do, how do you get up there? All right, moving on. This one's for Andrew. I like it. This is the ping pong door.
0: I'm interested.
1: I know. When you want to play some ping pong, you probably have to go down to your basement or into your garage. Yeah. Where your ping pong table is located. Uh-huh. But what if you want instant satisfaction?
0: <laughs> this, I kind of like where this,
1: this is going. <laughs> this table tennis door is a door. It actually has a doorknob and a keyhole. It actually operates as a door. Uh-huh. It also swivels down from the frame and creates a makeshift ping pong table right in the middle of your door frame. I like it. <clears throat> The ping pong door looks just like any other door, (laughs) has a door handle and a key lock, except it's bright green, has a stripe down the middle, and a net attached across the middle of the door. I like it. And when you swivel it down, it magically becomes a ping pong table, except it's not quite regulation size.
0: Oh no, I want a regulation size ping pong door.
1: (laughs) It takes about eight weeks for them to design them and fit them to your door frame. They were designed by a German designer. He worked for a furniture company.
0: They have the greatest ideas.
1: The ping pong table is perfect for space-saving connoisseurs for the price of thirteen hundred and fifty-nine dollars and fifty-seven cents, and that's the cheapest one I found.
0: I still like Holy it. Holy cow! I still want one.
1: Put that on your Christmas list for Josh.
0: Oh no! When are my taxes getting done? <laughs> <laughs> my wife would be so pissed. You need a new car. No, I need a ping pong door. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs>
1: make air hockey doors i'm sure you can i did not i did not google that
2: knock 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 (laughs) this door is air conditioning
0: (laughs) I can't open any of my windows but my air hockey door works like a
1: charm (laughs) all right moving on
2: i was just curious. Does the ping pong door have a space for like the balls and the paddles and all is that? Oh, like no, you have keep those off door? to the no, side. No,
1: you have to keep those off to the side. It does not have any storage space. It's a door.
2: What you do, Josh, is you hollow out a
0: side of the door. And like as you put the ping pong table down, you can just grab them out of the door. Ooh, yeah. I, like yeah, I like that. I like that. I'm patenting good, that shit that is, right now. Right now.
1: As we speak, just putting in a patent. <laughs>
0: I'm not, though. So you can totally do that and like
2: jump your price by 500 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just for that, we want a discount. I do. Yeah. <laughs> like fifty
1: percent. Here's your ping pong door.
2: That is so awesome. <laughs> okay, that's actually cooler looking than I imagined. <laughs> Can you imagine like the <laughs> the if you're in one of those cities that doesn't have like mailboxes where they actually bring your mail to your door, though you wait for the mailman to come up to your door and you just do, like flip, flip your door and, and door be like, hey, Bill come on up here, let's go. Not
1: wearing a mask. Wait, wait. I have to put my child in the cage. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yes. All right. I like where this is going. All right.
0: Could you imagine having a dog
2: with Bing Bong <clears throat> Door? Mm-hmm. The dog pushes the door. <laughs> <laughs> Just the dog out. <laughs> Hi, Mom. All right.
1: We're going to talk about bubble wrap. No. Yes. Bubble wrap. We all my love bubble wrap. bubble wrap. Okay. I
0: got trapped in bubble wrap. Good.
1: <laughs> bubble wrap is trademark brand of Sealed Air Corporation.
0: Sealed air. That seems like yes. a very...
1: Bubble wrap was actually invented in 1957 by engineers Alfred Fielding and Mark Shavanus in Hawthorne, New Jersey. So Fielding and Shavanus sealed two shower curtains together, creating a smatter of air bubbles, which they originally tried to sell as wallpaper.
0: Could you imagine that? <laughs> your Bubble kids, paper wallpaper.
1: Your kids would never keep their hands off of the oh. wallpaper.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch that wall. I just got it papered. <laughs> Pop! Damn it! (laughs) No. (laughs) I would. I would just run into that wall (laughs)
1: periodically.
2: (laughs) Hang on guys, I gotta pull my wall back up.
1: (laughs) Good luck finding that leak. Right? (laughs) When Bubble Wrap turned out to be unsuccessful as wallpaper, the team marketed it as greenhouse insulation. What? (laughs)
2: Greenhouse insulation. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> Although Bubble wrap was branded by Sealed Air Corporation in 1960, it wasn't until a year later that its use in protective usage was discovered. Um, as pre- packaging material, Bubble wrap's first client was IBM, which used the product to protect the IBM 1401 computer during shipment. Wow.
0: <gasps> interesting. That is kind of interesting. Yeah. I still can't stop thinking about running into my wallpaper. I papers. know. In the wallpaper, which <laughs> is... <laughs> what the hell are you
2: oh (laughs) my wife would be so mad at me all the time yeah Uh I'm single I do what I want Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh
1: we're all familiar with Lysol correct? no oh yeah okay Lysol brand antiseptic disinfectant first appeared on the scene in
0: 1889 brain Brand. brand brand
1: appeared on the scene as
0: soon as she said Lysol brand I'm like Brain disinfectant. Who's disinfecting their brain? No, nope, <laughs> no
1: one in America.
0: It was originally a medical thing, and you know, doctors were like, "Well, this brain isn't quite clean enough."
1: <laughs> Mister Clean. Mr. I've been really clean. careful where you go with this conversation. Okay, I just go on. Would. <laughs> First appeared on the scene in 1889 as a way to help end a cholera, cholera epidemic in Germany. In 1918, ads touted it as an effective way to fight the flu virus during the influenza pandemic. 12 years later, Lysol disinfectant liquid reached drugstores and hospitals. And in 1962, the company released an aerosol spray version. <coughs> but in the 1920s, ads for Lysol as a feminine hygiene product started appearing in You can't even begin to go there, Josh.
2: <laughs> I'm like, "Oh no."
1: I'm going to read you an ad. Oh, dear. This is their actual ad.
2: Let me fresh.
1: <laughs> You're so close. Oh, You're no. so close. Oh, no. Here's how their ad read. A man marries a woman because he loves her. So instead of blaming him if married love begins to cool, she should question herself. Is she truly trying to keep her husband and herself eager, happy, married lovers? One most effective way to safeguard her dainty feminine allure is to practice complete feminine hygiene as provided by vaginal douches with a scientifically correct preparation like Lysol. Clearly, Lysol's ads spread a seriously antiquated and problematic viewpoint that a husband's infidelity or dissatisfaction with a marriage could only be due to the wife's failings like her odors or her fertility. Those early Lysol ads included negative references to odors or germs, which referred to sperm. And so keeping your body germ-free or maintaining your dainty feminine allure meant preventing pregnancy. Wow. So they used it as a contraceptive. (laughs) And a douche. In the early 20th century, birth control methods like condoms and diaphragms were very costly and very difficult to acquire because the Comstock Act of 1873 outlawed and prohibited all of that stuff. Oh. There was, they prohibited distribution of contraceptives. Well, um, we didn't have enough stupid people in the world? They didn't realize that in 1873. <laughs> so um, because of the laws that effectively banned the selling and advertising of birth control, manufacturers marketed their offerings as feminine hygiene products. Mm. So between the 1930s and the 1960s, the leading feminine hygiene product in the United States was... Lisa... Yes, Lysol. That's
2: clever. That's very clever,
1: actually. If the idea of cleaning your lady parts out with Lysol makes you cringe, before I don't they mind
0: cleaning mine with, with Lysol.
1: Before, um, <laughs> before changing the formula in 1952, Lysol contained Cresol, which is a constituent of crude acid, crude carbolic acid, coal, and wood. That, in high concentrations, caused severe burning, inflammation, and even death. Oh. Yes, so that's what we're cleaning ourselves with. Okay. Yes. Is it any wonder your wife doesn't want to have sex with you anymore? <laughs> <right. laughs>
2: I'm going to burn my insides out.
1: Um, so by 1911, doctors had recorded hundreds of Lysol-related deaths because they were advertising it as a hygiene product and a contraceptive. Yeah. Yeah, that's unreal. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I know. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't see any chance of uh, brand disloyalty after that. But everyone's <laughs> like, you know what? That's the way to go.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It did not kill your wife. It did not prevent pregnancies either. Oh.
0: Yeah. Yes, it did if they died. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then they're i and pregnant. Touché. Not anymore. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the origin of Listerine.
0: It did prevent, Oh no, Listerine. it did prevent pregnancies. And I can say that because when you're inflamed it's <laughs> burning. Like you don't feel like having sex
2: anymore. <laughs> I just blame them. No, no. <laughs> you know, well, it's like you know, women say like I have a headache. Well, I get the remedy. <laughs> it's a great headache fixer. I'm just like oh, you're okay.
1: not wrong. Mm-hmm.
2: Statistically or er, mm-hmm. scientifically proven. Yeah, release those endorphins. Get uh-huh. you the it's headache.
1: It's gonna release something. Ah,
2: but don't you. I was gonna
1: do that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: anymore. He steals my
1: <laughs> I know. He takes my stupid subjects and he makes them serious. And he takes your serious subjects saves. and he makes them stupid. Makes them sense. You're welcome. Alright. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Chaos. The origin of Listerine. It's worried. not just a mouthwash anymore. I use this.
2: I'm worried. <laughs>
1: that was also Listerine. a
0: feminine hygiene product. Oh yeah.
1: god. <laughs> no, it's not. That
2: explains a lot.
1: Uh, Dr. Joseph Lawrence, who was the creator of Listerine Mouthwash, wanted to... Originally
2: tuna no flavor, anyway.
1: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> Switched to mint because it just seemed a little more
1: <laughs> acceptable, Family-friendly.
2: We just lost two listeners there. All right, moving on. Hey, there's a few in my Listerine.
1: <laughs> but it's Sanitized.
0: <laughs> when did it come out? All right. When did it come out? The stream.
1: 1921.
0: <coughs> 1921. Yeah. No, I don't think they shaped back then, so you might be right. hundred years ago.
1: All right. Dr. L- Joseph Lawrence, the creator of Listerine Mouthwash, wanted to name his work after a scientist who paved the way. So-
0: he can't be here. He's good at math. <clears throat>
1: so, Sir Joseph Lister, who was an English doctor and a surgeon, became the, became the first surgeon to perform an operation in a chamber sterilized with this antiseptic. <clears throat> Listerine was later sold in distilled form as both a floor cleaner and a cure for gonorrhea. So now we know why you don't have gonorrhea. <laughs>
2: good old Listerine protecting me from the gonorrhea.
1: It's protecting you from other things. Oh, good. From 1921.
2: Under new floor. Yes.
1: <laughs> from 1921 until the mid 70s, Listerine was also marketed as preventative and a remedy for colds and sore throats.
0: So, did you have to drink it? I don't know gargle
1: it probably. Um, and for a short time in 1927, they marketed Listerine cigarettes.
2: What? Huh? Nothing like some minty menthol. <laughs> uh,
1: no. Uh, from the 1930s to the 1950s, advertisements your claimed
0: your breath smelled poor from smoking.
1: Try <laughs> Listerine
0: cigarettes. They'll smell minty fresh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, from the, 19- the 1930s to the 1950s, advertisements claim that applying listerine to the scalp could prevent infectious dandruff. So, see, you don't have that either, do you? No. It's working for you. Yes. Are for you him.
2: applying it to your scalp? I, I do. Either that or I, I'll spritz it onto my floor to keep it clean a little bit when you're done. Oh, you know, spritz it on your floor, it on floor. floor and then rub it in <laughs> the floor. Yeah, just roll around a little bit.
1: <laughs> not <that laughs> purpose. He's Mopey not else. wasting any of it. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While used today primarily as a mouthwash for oral health and hygiene, it has it has been sold as a surgical disinfectant, cure for dandruff, a floor cleaner, a hair tonic, a deodorant. Don't a forget tonic. that.
2: I do need that on my hair. <clears throat> some more of them. Right. And
1: it's a beneficial remedy for diphtheria, dysentery, smallpox, and the ever-present gonorrhea. It's working for you.
2: Hallelujah! <laughs> you should be rubbing it on your head a little bit. I know. I'm just- Next time I use it, it's the stress. The stress does it. I pull it out, it can't grow back fast enough. I can imagine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's, you know, your everyday modern Listerine. Yeah, it's kind of like duct tape, takes care of everything. Yeah. Yeah,
2: right. Yeah. Listerine, the the fix all. Mm
1: -hmm. And last but not least, the treadmill.
2: (laughs) He says, drink back down. I'm like, I gotta hear this. It wasn't meant to be a a health (laughs) fair.
1: No, it really wasn't.
2: This was used in. I'm trying to think. It's going to be something crazy. What you do is it was actually a trap back right. in the day.
1: It's military. When,
0: no when you were at war, you just set these in the ground instead of landmines, and then your enemy felt like they were coming <laughs> towards you, but in <laughs> fact,
1: they were going they nowhere. They themselves out. <laughs> Not quite, but... I like <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like having Larry at the table again. <laughs> Exercising on a treadmill can feel like torture if you've ever used one. And it's not really a coincidence. Only
0: an uphill treadmill.
1: Not really a coincidence. In 1818, an English civil engineer named Sir William Cubitt devised a machine, and he called it the tread wheel. And he was going to use it to reform stubborn and idle convicts. Prisoners would step on the 24 spokes of a large paddle wheel, climbing it like a st- modern stairmaster. As the spokes turned, the gears were used to pump water or crush grain. In grueling eight-hour shifts, prisoners would climb the equivalent of 7,200 feet. The exertion combined with poor diets often led to injury and illness, as well as rock-hard glutes. But that (laughs) didn't stop penitentiaries all over Britain and the United States from buying these machines. And in 1824, prison guard James Hardy credited the device with taming New York's more defiant inmates. He wrote that it was the treadmill's monotonous steadiness and not its severity, which constitutes its terror. So over the years, American wardens gradually stopped using the treadmill in favor of other back-breaking tasks, such as picking cotton, breaking rocks, or laying bricks.
0: making license plates.
1: The treadmill actually was used in England until the late 19th century, when they decided it was too cruel and they abandoned it. Um, So at that point in time, the machine was pretty much lost to history, but... Dr. Kenneth Cooper demonstrated that it had health benefits, and it made a triumphant return.
2: Did not see that coming. I (laughs) did not either. (laughs) Wow.
1: Yeah. Okay. And that would be the treadmill. That would be the history of the treadmill. Hmm.
0: Now all I can imagine is every country having, like, giant treadmills built into the ground so that, you know... (laughs) Yeah, right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you're going to invade us, at least, you know, be productive while you're doing it. No, no. Grind green. You move know, they water. feel like they're
2: making progress. Yeah, if they're but they're not also grinding
1: green for us. We can have them grind green. Yeah, there you go. Move yeah. water.
2: Well, then they're going to be really fit when they get to the other side. If they ever make it to the other side. Or you just put it on high speed. Start turning
1: speed. it up. <pause> <specoughs> or you turn it into a turntable. Oh, there we go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> make a rest of everybody. It's getting locked. Slide, 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 slide. Better hope there's not a pregnant woman there. <laughs> <laughs> That woman's shooting babies. <laughs> so, Everyone, get
1: down! So that's the history of a whole she bunch of really there. unusual things that we still use today, and where they actually originated. That was very interesting. It's kind of cool. I mean, you just you just assume you take things for granted. You don't assume that they have a history. You start looking at it and going, "Wow!"
2: Yeah. it's kind of the kind of the stamp of human ingenuity to take something meant for one thing and then to see it. Evolve into something else through someone else's creativity. It's really cool. Well,
1: I can't I can't and even then imagine when I get involved. I can't even yeah. imagine having the brain that said bubble wrap's gonna make wonderful wallpaper. Really? Yeah, right. Really I don't even get that one. No. Not at all.
0: No. It adds a certain texture to your walls, maybe. It's gonna it was, add a
1: certain something. Well,
0: maybe it was meant to be applied the wall
2: the bubble wrap and then to be painted over, you know, to leave a texture on your walls. Kind
1: of like yours would.
0: are with
2: the spotting And I get it from like an insulation perspective too, because if you think about modern windows, a lot of modern windows have a pane on the outside, a pane on the inside, and then they suck the air out of the middle mm-hmm. because by not having any air there, the the heat and the cold can't transfer from one pane to the other. Right. right. And it would be kind of the same thing by having <laughs> gaps in the the air bubbles and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Then it wouldn't transfer heat or cold as quickly.
1: That's a good way to look at it. I hadn't thought about that. That's really cool. And yeah.
0: now when they come out with, you know, <clears throat> bubble wrap insulation.
1: They used it in greenhouses, it's odd. They yeah. were using it as greenhouse insulation.
0: Yeah, but I mean for homes. Josh, you just gave bubble wrap up. Hey, I, I
1: think hate. it's too bulky compared to regular insulation. I think bubble I wrap's going to be way too yeah, bulky. they
0: use mostly spray insulation, now. So.
1: Yeah, you, it's hard to spray bubble wrap and have it retain its form. <laughs> yeah.
0: I can see that. <laughs> <Could you imagine laughs> having gun? a gun. <laughs> just
2: bubble, bubble wrap. I don't think that's how it works.
1: So I going sure yeah. to see someone with
2: like a wall and they're going to be sitting there using one of those, um, uh, what those vacuum packs that you get for like me you just vacuum pack your wall There we go oh. I'm onto something oh, innovation sick. vacuum pack your house oh dear god A testament to the
0: human innovation here is Josh is taking one idea and applying it to something completely different <laughs> I can't say off the wall because technically it is the wall.
2: (laughs) Well said, well said. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. (laughs) So that's what we got today.
0: That is... That was a story. (laughs) It was innovative.
1: You got some uh, enjoyment out of it.
0: I did. I got a lot of enjoyment out of it. And I'm hoping that everybody else did too. And if you did, thank you so much for stopping by. Lending us your ear today, leave us a suggestion, idea, or comment, or multiples thereof on Facebook.
1: Yeah, lots of times people will shoot me ideas or you know, like a headline or something. I'm
0: assuming on Facebook,
1: and that's or some of them actually have my phone number, like family relatives and stuff, and they'll give me ideas and they shoot me like headlines or something. And sometimes you can go far places with that. That's how we got our Listen to the Fish story, the How Do You Take Your Fish story.
0: Oh, mm. absolutely. I know. Yeah. That story was amazing. Yeah. I
2: miss it.
1: We'll go back and revisit it again.
2: I feel like we wouldn't have Oh, a there fair you go. We can make a highlights episode. Bam. Yeah, there you go. I don't have to record for three weeks. Andrew and Mary's greatest hits. <laughs> All two of them. <laughs> hey, this will be in the greatest hits. I don't give a damn.
1: Josh is going to listen to it over and over and over again. Yep. He's like, I was a part of that.
2: We got 10,000 views. 9,500 of them are me. <laughs> <laughs> I just said it on repeat while I work. So you can find us on Facebook
0: at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know or at TMSIDNTK at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at TMSIDNTK. <clears throat> if you enjoyed your stop with us and even if you didn't, just give us a thumbs up. Rating, review, all that stuff, whether you like it or not, because reasons.
1: He's so <laughs> decisive.
0: I can't think of a good reason if they don't like Sometimes it. Sometimes
1: when he runs out of words, he just stops. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that's all I got. Duh. Done. There's no more words fall <laughs> out of when my you've mouth. you've got
2: nothing else, you can't say anything else. <laughs> no, if you look, when, they, when they said, you know, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. No, that's bullshit. You no, say I know, right? More. You Let's say it anyway.
0: You listen to the podcast. You know I say it anyway. <laughs> Whether you like us or not, just give us a thumbs up or something along those lines. That would be awesome. Um, you can find us in multiple locations.
1: Yep, lots everywhere you listen to your podcast, including the iHeartNow and PodChaser. We are, are kind of we are kind of pushing PodChaser because they do Meals for Wheels donations every time you. Write and review any podcast on their website, so.
0: They did not ask us to do that, but you know what? We do it because we care.
1: Yeah, and we don't get anything out of it. It all goes towards Meals on wheels.
0: So today, this podcast was co-hosted by myself and Mary and the ever-lovable and huggable Josh. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. It It was wonderful. For sure. Splendid.
1: Fun. I Very love. Fun. I love the expressions on your face. Like <laughs> so I Josh. have no idea where this is going. Right. I'm Do not you even sure. A we have final weapon? thought
0: for us.
2: Final thought for us.
1: He's looking at how to empty his brain right now. He's gonna <sighs> take that one thought he has left. He's gonna lay it. The, on the one table. thought. Okay.
2: Here it is. <laughs> Random scientific knowledge. DNA stands for deoxyribonucleic acid. Yep. Thank you. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Bye,
1: guys. Bye. Bad
2: blame
0: Beverly Hills. There ain't a possum shank to be bought around here at any price. What good is having $68 million? I ask you.
1: Well, this morning, is good for getting a lot of paper signed for Mr. Drizzy. He was doing that when I left
0: shootin', mm. old Jed was shootin'